You know, Pastor, I believe you're right. We are in a time of reaping. The last time I was here, part of what I preached was out of the book of Amos, chapter 9, where we were hearing the prophet say that the plowman shall overtake the reaper. Now, how does that happen? That happens when the plowman makes a choice to take the position that the reaper took in the previous harvest season. Some of you have been plowing, you've been standing, you've been believing. And now it's time for you to take the position that harvesters in the last harvest took. Your position is everything. Your posture is everything. I exhorted you last time I was here to worship God until you meet with him. Find the value of hosting the presence of God. Folks, this is, this is what's going to draw people. I appreciate charisma. I appreciate um, talent and ability and things of this sort. But there's only one thing that ministers to the complete man, and that's the presence of God. And I really believe that we've come into a harvest season, and one of the greatest things that you could ever harvest in your life is the presence of God. It's the truth. And it's from the presence of God that we find the change of heart that we all long for. The things that we don't think that are, are able to be changed, they can be changed. In fact, they are already changed in the completed work of Christ. It's a matter of you and I being willing to accept that and learn how to walk in that. Amen? So tonight we're going to get back into the book of Colossians. We're not so much focused on who we are in Christ, but who Christ is in us. Third chapter of Colossians tonight, we're going to start in verse 1. We begin to talk this morning about the aftermath of revival, about making sure that we are extracting from the seasons and the times that we are in the fullness that God wants us to come into. Seasons don't just come for them to come. They come that you and I would discern them, that you and I would extract from them, exhaust them. And gleam from them. You see, there's a lot of times that movements come and they're not quite what we are comfortable with or maybe what we're interested in. And many times we have a tendency to just kind of get brushed by them. And instead of, allow, instead of entering into them and allowing them to really transform our lives and open us up and blossom something that has never, ever lived before. We have a tendency to kind of, you know, just be kind of half-hearted and half-interested we begin to fulfill Hosea 7 and verse 16. My people come to me at times like a half-baked cake. I'm not interested in just getting uh, you know, all the good things out of something. Because sometimes there are things and in, in situations that are, that are needed. Have you ever found that that some, you know, you're just, you're more, you see, it's, it's, it's cognition. It's the way psychologists say that we, we we're, how we grow, we're, we grow based upon what we're interested in. 
And I'm interested in anything that God's doing. Even if I don't fully get it. You know, there are times where God will speak to me and it'll take me years to figure it out. You know, and then what I think he said to me when he first spoke to me, by the time I get it figured out, I've been so altered by it and so adjusted by it that I actually begin to understand that he meant something totally different than what I thought. I'm so glad that God's not asking for my opinion. (laughs) I could offer advice in that direction and God says, oh, no, 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 I'm going in that direction. So many times seasons, they come and, and they're, they're a little different than what we're used to. Uh, they might, they might uh, push our comfort zones, whatever it might be. Uh, but we have to, we got to respect them. We've got we've to uh, honor them and, 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 and pay attention to them. Because in it lies the substance of character needed to be able to, to advance and to mature and to bear fruits beyond where we are. We can't just, you know, be interested in, 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 in what we're interested in because we can get into routines by doing that. Right? I'm not interested in a routine. I'm interested in what God is doing. Amen. This is what causes you to stay fresh. This is what stimulates a relationship. Anybody ever, anybody ever just gotten too used to your spouse? We all do that. We all, and that, that's when you begin to take one another for granted. Right? I don't want to get too used to my spouse. I want my spouse to always keep me on my toes. And she does. But I never want to take her for granted. Colossians chapter 1, we're going to start, or Colossians chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ... Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Oh my. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Come on, amen. How many realize that we're not talking about the great catching away here? Oh, it could be interpreted as the great catching away here. And I'm sure that it has some inklings towards this. 1 John chapter 3, that when he appears, we'll be just like him. I think that it's part of the transition that we need to start gleaming again. All right? Going back to that next, the verse we just read. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You see, if you and I are not living life from the divine nature of God, the divine life of God, I'll guarantee you what will happen is when seasons begin to manifest, they manifest beyond us for a reason, and that's to break behavioral patterns, to break familiarity, to get out of you know, the routine that the church, church people can get into, And if you and I do not have the understanding or the appetite for this advancement, what will happen is things will begin to manifest and all of a sudden the presence of God which you you, you loved and, and you were blessed by in the past is now becoming an offense. And there's, that's what's happening right now all across America. People are leaving churches that are chasing the presence of God. 
You know what they're saying? They're saying we don't want to be around that kind of ministry. They're saying that the presence of God has become an offense to us. Now, who in their right mind thinks like that? But it's the truth. The church in America today is finding ways to to soothe their conscience. Let me just find how close I can live to the world and still be saved. Now, I know that I'm preaching to the choir tonight. Why don't we find out how close we can live to God and start saving others around us? But he's saying something here. He's saying that when things begin to manifest, when things begin to appear, what they're going to do is they're going to show you that you were, you were appointed under the kingdom for such a time as this, that you were prepared for a reason. You might be, you might be an Esther in hiding right now, needing to bring about the correct understanding to save somebody's life like Mordecai, who was a forerunner. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. Let me encourage you. This cycle, it's, 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 a, it's a powerful thing. And many, I don't want to ever get to a place where the manifestation of God is an offense to me. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've almost missed some, some moves of God. I'm not going. I'm not going. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I remember when when laughter was a big thing in the in, in the church, and and uh, uh, I had a problem with that. I thought to myself, you know, I don't have to get around, get roll on the ground and laugh. I I don't have a problem with you know, you know, my joy level. I know they keep my joy level pretty high, and the Lord said, your problem is pride. I said, really? This is when I had hair. The Lord said to me, he says, you just don't want me to mess up your hair. You don't want me to take the shine off your shoes. And the Lord waited until I got into the northeastern section of Kentucky. In the, in the coal hill, the coal mountain areas you know, where the miners are and, and church handling uh, churches, uh, snake handling uh, churches are at. You know, uh, it, <laughs> And all of a sudden, I mean, I'm at, I'm at this church, and it looked like, you know, they're all wooden Indians sitting in pews. I mean, there wasn't any life there. there and, you know, they, they were all waiting on feelings and emotions. And all of a sudden, the pastor falls off the front pew laughing hysterically, and a wave of God's glory hit the place. And I'm standing in the middle of these people, 200 people, on the ground laughing hysterically. And I thought to myself, well, God, you know, this has got to be you. Because if it can happen here, it's got to be you. And the Lord said, hey, look, if you'll yield to my anointing, I'll work, I'll work a broader work of my work in your heart tonight. So I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, the, the, the power of God came on me. I, I, they had to drive me home that night. Um, I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't know where I was, who I was, and every degree I have fell off the wall that night. And we got them packed up in a box in the garage. So whatever, whatever God is manifesting, I want to be part of it. Because it is going to be a dynamic of Jesus that maybe I have never seen before. And it could be not only what I need, but it could be what maybe somebody around me needs. Hello? The next verse tells us this. Verse 5. Therefore put to death 
your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves have put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. And have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Okay, I want to read that verse again. You need to catch this. And have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Do you understand the reason why you and I need to set our minds on things which are above Because it's going to be in that understanding that you're going to glean from that's going to enable you to discern the times and to have wisdom to know what to do. Amen. Let me just say something to you. God is just not asking his people to worship him just because he wants to be worshipped. Your worship... I won't get in trouble here. Your worship is not to make you feel good. Your worship is an act of intercession and honor that you express out of your heart to the Lord. Hello. People are doing all kinds of crazy things in church right now. Most people never have praise and worship long long enough to actually allow the congregation to engage. So I call it filler music. We just have filler music. Are you listening? But my friends, God is setting the stage because what he's asking us to do right now is just early rain. It's an early rain is just preparing us for the harvest. The harvest that's coming is you having the ability to harvest the presence of God. And from that, harvest those that, are sa- uh, those that are needing to be saved. You see, we're on a collision course with the Shekinah glory of God. And if you've never been in the Shekinah, it's going to freak you out when it hits. Amen. There's a lot of people that don't understand the Shekinah glory of God. This is the atmosphere where creative miracles take place. Are you listening? You don't have to pray the prayer of faith. Faith is in the atmosphere. Are you listening? In the Shekinah glory of God, our wills can't live there. They can't coexist. So you're not concerned about time. Why? Because you're in the presence of time. Sin cannot hide there. And no matter how pure you might think you are, you'll scream and cry out to God for mercy because of the sin that lies in your members, the appetite, the nature of the old man. This is, about, is, this is what's about ready to hit. Come on, y'all. This, this is the atmosphere that, that most revivals you know, uh, cause. You know, they, 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 they cause people to come early, and you've got to flicker the lights to get people to leave. Does anybody remember moves of God like that? 
Well, people would come and it didn't matter. I mean, it didn't matter what the message was on as long as they could just come and be in the presence of God. I I watched seminars on on the ministry of helps pack out. People leave their Bibles on on seats to be able to guarantee seating in the next service on the ministry of helps. I said the ministry of helps. The ministry of helps. And it wasn't the subject matter. It was the presence of God. It was the glory of God. It was the ministry that flowed in those, in those meetings. Where there was neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Slothian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Let's just stop right there. And here's what I want to share with you tonight. I personally believe that the glory of the Lord, this atmosphere that is fastly approaching the church, is going to give you and I the opportunity to put on our original clothing. Are you listening? That's right. You see, you have to remember that there's always been two cultures. There's been an earthly culture and then there's been a kingdom culture. I choose a kingdom culture. This is how we run our home. This is how we govern our lives. It's after a kingdom culture. This is called living out of your spirit. This is what will happen is the fulfillment of Hebrews chapter 5. Even your, your senses will discern the difference between good and evil. And you'll begin, to, you'll begin to detect things around you. You'll be able to ward things off, stand in the gap, release your angels. And things don't have to defile your home or defile your children or defile the people around you. I don't let my sons and the Lord off easy. Because I look at it in this dynamic. Their faults are my faults. Because if they are still making a mistake, I've got to own it. I've got to let them know, hey, look, this is not your problem. This is my problem. Because if I had invested into you what you needed for me to invest into you, then you wouldn't keep doing what you're doing. Do you know how many sons I have in the Lord? I remember one of them sitting on my couch for Thanksgiving time, and the Lord said, he's sleeping with his girlfriend. So I got on the phone. I said, son, hey, he calls me Uncle Tim. Hey, Uncle Tim, how you doing? Happy Thanksgiving. I said, well, I'm doing good, but you're not. The Lord told me he's, you're sleeping with your girlfriend. Oh, he said, Uncle Tim, he says, he says we're, we're sleeping together, but we're not doing anything. Hello? These are the things that you and I need to discern. We need to pay attention to. We don't need to just sweep things under the rug. We need to address them, confront them, and call them into proper alignment. Now, people will go kicking and screaming if if they're willing to even go at all. But the fact still remains, if you want to avoid the sorrows of what God says you need to crucify, then somebody better be bold enough to do it right. Amen. Proverbs 16 and 15 says, The light of the king's face is life, and his favor is like a cloud of the latter rain. 
First John chapter 1 verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 and 27 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. This is why I wanted you to pay attention to the third chapter of Colossians there. He said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the ground. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. Come on, ladies. Aren't you glad that God's not a chauvinist? Hello? Amen? I'll be glad when men know how to conduct themselves in their homes. Because most men don't know how to conduct themselves in their homes. 90% of what takes place in my home is because of her. 10% is because of me. I endorse her. I support her. I encourage her. And when it comes time for me to make a decision, she supports me and I normally only make the big decisions because she's designed by God to make all the small decisions this thing of bless God I'm in charge of my home I'm the man of the house I run everything around here well start learning how to run the dishwasher learn how to run the vacuum hello Because if you are really the man of your house, you should be the greatest servant in your home. I wish I could get the women to help me a little tonight. I I know y'all think think y'all think I'm stretching this a little bit, but it's still the truth. Amen. Isaiah 43 and 7 says, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory. You see, you were created for something. You were created for the glory of the Lord. I have affirmed him. Yes, I have made him. I love this. You see, the man that we see today is not the man that God created him to be. All of us need to understand this. We all have been found in the lost and found of life. Now, if you know something that that belongs to you is in the lost and found, what are you going to do? You're going to go get it. Why are you going to go get it? Because it rightfully belongs to you. And see, when Adam made the decision that he made, he left his original clothing behind. And he covered up with fig leaves at first. How many realize that when God came looking for Adam in Genesis 3, it's not because God needed to find out where Adam was. God knew exactly where Adam was. Adam just needed to know where he was. And for him to understand that God knew where he was. He was covering up with the fruits of his decisions. And then he took it to an extreme After losing the glory of the Lord, he started covering himself with animal skins. And humanity has been covered with an animal nature ever since then. Can I encourage you? 
why don't we make a decision to sell the zoo tonight? I made that statement to a church in Texas, and all the intercessors spoke up and said, can we keep the lions? Let's <laughs> see, yeah, let's keep the lions. But why don't we get rid of the baboons? <laughs> why don't we get rid of the hyenas? <laughs> Come on, it's just a thought, y'all. Amen? We need to understand that the tree of good and evil are the same tree. How many realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? And it's your spirit man that has been rejuvenated. It's your spirit man that is now in harmony with the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, the fruit of the Spirit, the divine nature of God, the gifts of the Spirit, the Word of God. But yet you can still make decisions. Even though you are a fountain that is flowing with fresh water, you can still make decisions that causes salt water to come out. Right? How can a grapevine produce figs? It's easy. All you have to do is pay attention, yield to, be dominated by, have an appetite stronger for the old man than you do for the new man. Simple. Are you listening? Romans chapter 5, verses 17 through 21 begins to tell us And I love some of the terminology that Paul uses here. He uses words like justification. I love that word justification. It drives me to sanctification. I I sanctify myself out of the revelation of my life being justified by him. He justified me. When I was yet dead in my sins and trespasses, he loved me and gave himself for me. You see, I'm not just saved. You're not just saved. You have received upon conception of the new birth the ability to have a blood transfusion. That means, my friends, the sins of your your, your family do not have to follow you. Familiar spirits do not have to follow you. We come from a long line of alcoholics, but I am not an alcoholic tonight. I am not a closet drinker. Come on, somebody. I chose to be born again. I chose to receive the Zoe life of God. I chose to walk in the revelation of the the insightful path of God's word. His word is a lamp unto my feet, a light to my path. I chose to do this. Oh, I could choose to, to drink if I want. But I'm not going to yield. I am not going back. I am going to go forward. Well, Brother Tim, oh, I'm just going to avoid this because I, I, I would rather place the emphasis on hungering for God than dabbling in things. And I got a feeling that if you're more hungry for God than you are for anything else, you're not going to want to dabble in things. And in my life, if I were to dabble in things, I'll guarantee you, I would become an alcoholic because I am compulsive by nature. And once I start something, I don't quit it until I do it right. And when I was a sinner, I practiced on getting better every day of my life. Hello? I can't afford to go back. Don't want to go back. Amen. 
I love Luke 15 and verse 15 because we, we understand the story of the prodigal son. But where did the prodigal son come to himself? He came to himself in the pig pen. And it's normally until, it's not until, like my brother said, it's not until life has afflicted you before you are willing to follow God. Now, I've always had a policy. Why in the world do I have to learn through experiences when I can learn by grace? Hello? I don't want to have to come to myself in a jail cell. I don't want to have to come to myself when I'm broke and busted and disgusted. I don't want to have to come to myself when I'm on the down low. Why don't I just come to myself when I'm breathing the fresh air of freedom on a mountaintop somewhere? Why do I have to learn through hardship? I'll tell you why. Because we have not gleaned a different way of learning. In Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, we know what happens. We know it is the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He wanted to see Jesus. So he compelled Jesus to come home and have lunch with him. We know the story. We know that Zacchaeus is under such conviction that he makes a statement to, him, to Jesus. He says, if I've done anybody wrong, I'm going to restore him fourfold. Right? He says, if I've done anything in a wrong fashion, I'm going to make sure that I make it right. And you know what Jesus said to him? Catch this. He said, Zacchaeus, not only has salvation come to your home today, but the kingdom of God has come too. Now, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven doesn't come with observation. It's within you. We need to understand something about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is his presence. But the following statement that Jesus makes is where the truth lies. In verse 10, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. There's a lot of people that use that verse meaning that, you know, it's referring to people. That's not what Jesus is referring to. Jesus is referring to what caused Zacchaeus to change. Zacchaeus got exposed to the glory of God. When was that which was lost, lost? When Adam decided to put on different clothes. And ever since then, we have had this battle with the old man and the new man. But you get in the glory of God, and I'll guarantee you this. You'll want to restore. You'll want to live right. You'll want to do right. You won't be looking for fault because you'll be working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The fear of God will come back into your life. The reverence of God will return. Amen? You see, Paul starts talking about stuff like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 18. He says, there's going to come a day where the works of your life are going to be tried by fire. And it's all the surface stuff, you know, the wood, the hay, and the stubble that's going to be consumed. But then he starts talking about the gems below the surface that are not touched by the fire. You see, you have to remember something. If your life is being consumed, if your life is always under a season of judgment, you might want to consider your works. You might want to consider your ways. You could be living life from the fruits of the surface, what's growing on the surface, instead of living life from the treasure that's below the surface. That's just a thought. Amen.
And I don't want hardship to always be my, my teacher because it's left me bruised and bleeding too many times. I'd rather have the Holy Ghost say, I remember one time when I, was, when I first got saved, I was a Marlboro, Marlboro man. And I went to light up. The first thing I did every morning, I went to light up and I went to light up a cigarette and the Holy Spirit said this, you don't need that anymore. Instantly delivered before I could even fully wake up. Oh, come on. And the process has always been like that with me. You don't need that cocaine anymore. You don't need this. You don't need that. And the process, I, 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 I sanctify myself. Not because I'm some kind of religious nut. Not because I want to I, I be impressive to people. Not because, you know, I, I, wanna, I want people to take notice or, or you know, any, anything else that you can drum up. I sanctify myself because I understand that the fruits of the flesh are killers. And the life that is in the spirit is what I really want. And see, here's, 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 here's the battle. It's like flipping the world upside down. This is the way they're all reading the book of Acts says. They turn, they turn the world right side up. It's because we are so used to living from the natural man, from the, the exterior, the, 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 you know, the outer things. And we, we have lost the art of knowing how to live from the interior. Like it's some kind of strange thing to do, some kind of religious thing to do. No, no, this has nothing to do with, with church and, and church expectation and church order. This has everything to do with how you live, how you live in conjunction with God who is a spirit. And they that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. And, it just, and here's another thing. You can do this in a balanced way. Just because you're spiritual doesn't mean that you have to be spooky. <laughs> Hello? I'm telling you, I hate getting around people. Ooh, ooh. Did you feel that? <laughs> Man, I felt the power of God come all over you tonight. I didn't go, ooh. Right? Amen. You can be people of his presence and, be, and act normal. It's just you're not doing what natural men do. You're going to be labeled an oddball because you're peculiar and you're, you know, you're quirky because you're not doing everything else that everybody else is doing. And the way they're doing it, you're doing it differently. And, and see, there will come a dividing line. They will look at their lives eventually and they will say, you know, I don't have what you have. I'm not blessed like you're blessed. Paul begins to express himself in Galatians 2 and 20. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, Amen. I like Jesus. Jesus is praying in John 17 and verse 11 and also in verse uh, 24 through 26. He's saying, you know, Father, the, the glory that you've given me, I desire to give to those that you've given me. The relationship that you and I have, I pray that one day they'll have it. You know, I got a feeling that Jesus had a, had a relationship with the Father. Hello? Amen. I got a feeling that you and I can have a relationship with the Father. Right? But we're going to have to make some decisions. You see, the reason the first generation church was so powerful is because it's the first generation that was born again 
spirit-filled, and clothed with their original clothing, the glory of God. Now we're in the 21st century. Does the 21st century have hope? Does the 21st century still have access to the same God? Does the 21st century still have the same Bible to guide us? I got a feeling that the 21st century should, ha- should be able to walk in, in not only the glory that we read about in the book of Acts and, 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 and Paul's life and, 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 and all these wonderful examples that we glean from, but I got a feeling that we should be learning from history. We should be learning from previous generations. I got a feeling that the 21st century church could be walking in something much stronger than the first generational church. We're born again. We're filled with the Spirit of God. And we have access to wear as much of the, uh, the glory of God that we want. All we have to do is make a choice to start walking after the influence of the inner man. Living life from within. I love John chapter 1 and verse 12 in the Message Bible. Are you ready for this? It says this. He came to his own people, but they didn't want him. But whoever did want him, who believed he was who he claimed to be and would do what he said. He made them to be their true selves, their child of God's selves. You and I are being set up by God. You and I are going to be part of a generation that is going to experience the greatest revival that the face of the earth has ever seen. But you and I are going to have to make some choices. If I believe what he said he would do, and if I believe what he tells me I should do, if I have opportunity to go back and be my original God-like self, you know, I was created in the image of God. And I was not only created in the image of God, but I was created for the glory of God. You see, a lot of times we, we have tendencies, we, we use words like the glory of the Lord as some kind of an experience. But this is all part of what has got to break. It is not an experience. It's a lifestyle. You see, it was the glory of the Lord that, that was in Peter's shadow. Are you listening? I mean, here is a man that, is, that is, has come back to his, his original self. The original image that God created man to be for his glory, in his glory, to express his glory. And see, the church has is, is kind of dwindled this thing down to be some kind of seasonal experience. No, these are all fruits out of proper living. Oh, amen. And my friends, I'm telling you, I believe that this is what the Lord's setting us up for. is to be people of his glory. People that carry his presence. And we can't do that by just dabbling. We need to fall back in love with our first love. We need to sell out again. Come on, amen. I'm telling you. That's right. We need to sell out again. Amen. I want to pray for you tonight. I want to pray for the glory of the Lord. To be your, your covering, your clothes. I like Jake's wrote a book, T.D. Jake's wrote a book, Naked and Not Ashamed. I'm not saying everybody go back to the garden. All right? 
I remember we watched our son one night in Texas when he was real young. He got, he got it in his head. He was coming out of his suit. He, he felt like he, was, he needed to go back to the garden. I think he was just tired of wearing that suit. Praise the worship leaders trying to get our attention. Jody and I were just worshiping God. And our son's just taking his clothes off. Free in Jesus. Glory to God. But here's the thing. You let the glory of the Lord be your covering. You'll do what Zacchaeus did. If I've done anything wrong, I'm going to restore. I'm going to make sure that from this point on, I'm not going to do anything wrong. I would rather be, I would rather err on the side of mercy and compassion than I would be on judgment. You know, you, 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 this, this is something that we need. This is something that everybody needs. Everybody needs to be loved. And I'm telling you, the glory of the Lord is going to bring out the best in us. It's going to bring out our inner man. It's going to bring out our original self. Okay? I want to pray for you tonight. I want to pray that the glory of the Lord would come on you real strong. Would that be okay? No, I just don't want to pray for you in a mass way. I want to lay hands on you. So if there's any takers here tonight, I want you to come after it. If something is in the lost and found, I'm going to go get it. Something rightfully belongs to me, I'm going to go get it. So if you're interested in the glory of the Lord, come get it.